Welcome to the Care of Souls podcast with Dr. Stuart Scott and Pastor Adam Tyson. Dr. Scott serves as the Executive Director of 180 Ministries and Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University. Pastor Tyson serves as the Senior Pastor of Placerita Bible Church and Adjunct Professor at the Masters University as well. Visit 180ministries.org and masters.edu to learn more about their programs and services in biblical counseling. I'm your host, Mark Smith, and we're thankful to bring you this next episode on Care of Souls, in which Stuart and Adam discuss practical and profound principles from Scripture to help you faithfully follow Christ. Adam and Stuart are joined by Carolyn to discuss Chapter 2 of The Excellent Wife, which focuses on a wife's understanding of God. As with men and husbands, this is critical for women and wives who are believers to grasp and live out, and it impacts virtually every area of life at the most fundamental level. A woman's understanding of the fear of God and what that means according to Scripture is significant. Martha writes, Unlike a make-believe God or a God of our own making, the God of the Bible is the sovereign, just, and loving ruler over all the earth and all his creatures. He is God Most High, who is the potter and we are his clay, as mentioned in Romans chapter 9, verses 19 through 21. Let's listen as Adam, Stuart, and Carolyn impart some treasured wisdom from God's Word to help women and wives think rightly about this important topic. Carolyn, it's so great to be with you again. We have Dr. Scott here as well. And uh, we're working through this incredible book of The Excellent Wife. And so we're on chapter two this week, and we're talking about the title, which is A Wife's Understanding of God. Now, in the intro to the chapter, Martha talks about how a lot of different people have a lot of different views of God. It could be anything from a Santa Claus to rubbing a genie in a bottle. Um, what kind of views do you think that uh, your average wife would have about God that would maybe distort her understanding of what she needs to be as an excellent wife? Well, I think probably most people think of God as someone that they go to, to pray, they pray to, mm-hmm. Um but they don't necessarily have the idea that God is the one that is supreme. Uh, the high view of God is is missing in most, uh, I think, even our churches. I've been very privileged to have been in a church where that was very well taught, and so it's never been a surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for women that haven't been taught that their most of their lives, that is not something that they have. They have more of a, almost like a genie in the sky type thing right. where you ask God for things and expect Him to answer your prayers. Sure. And then get angry at Him. If He doesn't. Not, yeah. He doesn't give, right. yeah. And what would you say, Carolyn, that they would be asking a typical prayer request that a wife would want answered would be like, hey, God, just fix my marriage? Yes, and a lot of times in that much of a general sense, you know, a lot we have an intake form that says, what have you done about your problem? And usually there's on there, they've prayed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of ask, well, how did you pray about it? You mm-hmm. know, you want to know a little bit more, but... Take, take him away, yeah, t- kind yeah. of a thing. <laughs> make him change, make him nice. <laughs> yeah. Help my husband, Lord. Help, <laughs> help him, make him better. So now we're actually not saying that's completely wrong to do, but we're saying there's a different way to understand God in order for us to maybe glorify Him in our situation. Well, certainly God has given us the command that we are to pray. So we are to pray about everything, and that would be about our marriages and all of those things. God is holy, and He is righteous and just. But I always like to bring out even... Those those are some more strict things. I like to bring out that he's all wise, but he's also loving and gracious and kind and merciful. And um, 
we have to have the whole picture of who God is, not just attributes here and there and pick which one we like. How would you say that the whole picture of God from the Bible with his attributes, as we're talking about, helps a woman in need of counseling to improve in her marriage? Well, definitely, if she is thinking of wanting to please God in her marriage mm-hmm. and wanting to do what God wants her to do, that's going to help her mm-hmm. do what probably her husband wants her to do as well, <laughs> in most cases. Just kind of helps her get her priorities right. right. I'm here to glorify God, to understand His love for me, His mercy, and also the fact that He's calling me to be holy, which means as a husband, as a wife, I need to be living a Christ-centered life, a Christ-honoring life. Very good. Well, you know, as we get into the chapter here, we talked a little bit about different views about uh, our view of God. The chapter also begins to build into uh, what a what a wife uh, needs to know about God, and it gives us a list of a few things. Let's talk about a couple of those. The first one says, God has planned a ministry for you. And out of Genesis 2.18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Uh, What are some ways that might be misunderstood, and how do you think we could understand it correctly? Well, for one thing, I think the idea of being a helper sometimes is even has a negative connotation, but I love to point to the fact that the Holy Spirit is called our helper. Mm -hmm. And if He's a helper, it's it's not demeaning for me to be a helper. Mm. So when we start there, it's again taking you back to, okay, God has asked us to do these things, but then He's demonstrated what it looks like. And so it's such a, a joy to be able to point women to the tr- those truths and help them see that really it's an honor to be your husband's helper. Yeah. And that and from this verse, then we would take that that's one of the first priorities that for a wife is that she would minister to her husband. That's beautiful. Just talking about the theology of it, Stuart, um, we're saying that as we look at the triune God, that one of the persons of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, is our helper. Uh, there's other passages that talks about, I look up into the hills to where my help comes from, which is a reference to God himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when most women see this, they just think it's more of that condescending second fiddle, uh, you, you just help out the, the main squeeze, the husband. Uh, that's, not a, that's not what's going on at all here, is it? No, it's really in an exalted position. Uh, a position of honor in the sense that the Lord came to be a servant. He came to serve us, uh, to seek and to save those who are lost, and nothing demeaning about that. He humbled himself, but it it brought glory to God uh, in that. So I think helping is who God is. God is a helper. Uh, All three members of the Trinity, you know, for a wife to become alongside, to be a helper is a wonderful it really an honored position uh, as a companion. Uh, that's how the husband needs to look at her, not as a child, not as one of the children, but as a, a helper, a companion, as it says they're suitable, that they can do ministry together or they can serve together. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not an inferior role. No. Um, just as the Holy Spirit is not inferior mm-hmm. in any way to the first or second person of the Godhead. You were mentioning, Carolyn, about how the priority with this verse in mind, the priority for the wife would be in many ways to serve her husband. Why don't you elaborate on that a little bit more for us? Well, it is the idea of putting others first. You know, that's a biblical principle that's general for every Christian. So your husband is going to be the person that's closest to you. And if you're going to be practicing this 
uh, principle of putting thinking of others as more important than yourself and putting others first, he's going to be the first one to benefit from it. And so it's thinking about his schedule, his uh, his goals, um, the things that he prefers. Being you know, it's it's almost like a being a student of your husband and understanding how you can best come alongside that person and be a helper. Well, I so appreciate that perspective. What would you say to the wife? He would say, well, I feel like sometimes my husband needs to help me. Is that a sinful thought or is there a balance to how that should play out? Well, I think that that scripture that you're to put others first is for both a husband and a wife. So when I'm talking to a wife, I would say, um, your husband's not here, so I can't talk to him about that. But you, you do have a responsibility to respond to God uh, and what He's asking you to do. And Stuart, what would you say about that? As far as if you were using that, you said husbands need to know this too. What, what is it that husbands need to know? Well, they need to know how to encourage their wife, um, how to make sure they, you know, tell the, that kind of information. If she's wanting to know how to help him, he needs he needs to know he needs help. Mm-hmm. Or God wouldn't have given him a helper. And matter, way- fact, matter of fact, Martha says the husband book is 100 pages longer than the wife's book <laughs> because men need more help. Uh, but, uh, and he, he may be thinking of getting help in a certain way. Yeah. But we're saying through God's providence, she's helping him maybe in ways he didn't realize he needed it. That's right. And, and how they can complement each other. And even the husband is to live with his wife in an understanding way. So if both are seeking to know each other and how to love and care for one another. What a beautiful, Mm. that's the picture of the gospel, you know, Christ in the church again. That's precious. Well, uh, another thing that a wife needs to know about God that's mentioned here is that God is gracious, righteous, and compassionate. How do you think, Carolyn, knowing those things about God can help a woman be an excellent wife? Well, first of all, that those are characteristics that a wife should have as well. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to be like Christ, those are things that can be growing in our, it should be growing in our lives. But knowing that about God also helps you to, to take the other side of when God gives you commands, it's not because he wants to hurt you or because he isn't thinking about what's best for you. God is thinking about what's best for you. So when he gives a command, it's not to your detriment because God is gracious, he's righteous, he's compassionate, he's loving. He wants what's best for you mm-hmm. and he cares about you. It's, it's, these all speak of care. So I think that it helps to know that that's the kind of God we're dealing with, not somebody that's just disinterested in the sky and, you know, created the world and left it to run by itself or something. Yeah, so we're saying we appreciate the fact that God is gracious and uh, compassionate with us, so He's not left us um, without help. He's not left us without His presence. Uh, we're not on our own, as you were saying. And, and at the same time, we need to be gracious and compassionate with our spouse. Right. So we're learning from God, and then we're putting that into practice ourselves as we relate to each other. What do you think about the third one there, Stuart? Yeah, God's strength and understanding are unlimited. And needing to know that as a wife, how would that help her, Carolyn, to know that God's understanding is in his strength, his power is unlimited, especially in difficult marriages? Right. So obviously understanding that or knowing that God understands as um, key. And we've been studying in Hebrews recently and just talking about our sympathetic high priest because he lived here on earth. He went through all the things that 
human beings experience, and he understands where we're coming from. He understands even when someone speaks harshly to them or when um, someone is unkind. He understands how that feels and what that's like. And he has the strength and power to change situations. Mm -hmm. So understanding that is, okay, if God doesn't change that situation, he has a good reason for it. Mm -hmm. And he wants you to learn something through that. He also is able to change it at any time when it is the right time. Man, what great promises that everybody needs to be reminded of. Uh, Number four here says, God is purposefully working in your life. And then it's mentioned that Romans 8, 28 and 29, that we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And verse 29 basically says to conform us into the image of his son. Mm -hmm. Um, How how might that encourage a a lady, a wife who's struggling in her marriage? Well, first of all, I think that most people don't put verse 29 with 28. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the first understandings I came to in biblical counseling, (laughs) that the good that God is accomplishing is making us more like Jesus. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing better than that. So um, we have to be on board with what God is doing. Uh, I think when people read that all things work together for good, they're thinking, oh, good, he's going to do what I want, you know, and he's going to make things better and he's going to do whatever, how I've envisioned it. So it's helping them to understand, okay, this is one of the verses that help them understand that it's all about God and not all about me. Carolyn, I'm sure you've had somebody at some point in your counseling that have said, I think I married the wrong guy. Maybe they didn't say it quite that bluntly, but they certainly seem to be, you could tell they were having thoughts like that. Um, how might a verse like this encourage them? Well, just knowing that God is working in the situation, he, God isn't limited by the choices we make. And I think that's a that's something that people get hung up on. I have a friend that um, is kind of hung up on that right now. And just thinking that they made certain choices, and so the, what the consequences that they're experiencing are all their own fault, rather than seeing God in the picture and that God is using that and means it for good and will bring good out of it ultimately, and that He's working in their life through that. Even hard things, especially hard things maybe, God uses to change us. And I like to talk about, you know, if if we're going to be like Christ, it's going to take a little bit of some chiseling because none of us are there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And to be like Christ is going to be some radical change because he was perfect and none of us are. So so God's using an imperfect marriage, imperfect people to still accomplish his will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's comforting to know. Yeah. Just that right there is worth a whole counseling session, right, isn't it? Right. Uh, so good. What about number five, Stuart? Yeah, number five here says, God wants you to be a joyful and fulfilled wife. Help us understand, uh, Carolyn, that word fulfilled means different things to different people. How would Scripture help us with what a fulfilled wife would look like versus maybe more of a cultural fulfillment? Well, the cultural side of things would probably think that a wife could only be fulfilled in a career and in doing things that are, in their minds, important. I can't imagine anything more important than raising children and being a good wife. But um, our being fulfilled is knowing that we are doing what God wants us to do. And be our, it's fulfilling to know that we can please God, even if we can't please our husband or anyone else. Uh, we can be fulfilled in the fact that God is pleased with what we're doing because we're trying to, under, you know, we're living by His principles. Do you ever, uh, and, I, and I know you have, where you've 
minister to wives, women who get mixed up on their worship, where they're instead of worshiping God, their husband has gotten into that place and their their hearts, their focus is off of God and the Bible, and now is they're much more focused on pleasing their husband as if he's the ultimate end. How do you help them keep God where he's at in the sense of what scripture points him to be and puts him places him to be and their husband where he needs to be? That Yeah, that is a difficult thing to worship the created thing rather than the creator. Mm-hmm. And I think we all do that in some way, um, probably every day. But just helping them to get back to the thinking in terms of the Christian life is about bringing glory to God. And so just bringing that focus back on that. Uh, I don't know that I've ever had somebody come in for counseling that that was their focus. So to understand that not having that as their focus is really a big part of the problem. That's good. That's good. Well, we've just looked at uh, what wives need to know about God. And then we have a little section here in the chapter that says what wives need to know about their works and themselves. Number one here says, God has prepared good works for the Christian wife to do. And it quotes Ephesians 2.10 that we know so well, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. That's what we need to know about ourselves. Why would a wife need to know that about herself? Well, it's easy to um, think that your husband should be doing things, certain things, and be focused on what he's not doing rather than being focused on what you're not doing. Ooh, Ooh, Carolyn, I like that. I think that... Can you you say that again? (laughs) It probably goes the other way around as well. Sure it does. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so good. So we need to be just reminded that God's called us to do good works. Those would be works of obedience, works of faith, works of evangelism, discipleship. And if a wife is focused on that, certainly that is a fulfillment of what God's called her to do. And the idea of servanthood, which is something that we don't all... Um, ascribed to as well. So just that idea of serving others okay. works into that, I think, because sure. the the things that you mentioned are um, what every Christian should do, but as a wife, this idea of serving and being comfortable with that position. Mm-hmm. Do you think sometimes a wife gets really enamored with the thought of serving, yet when it comes to her husband, that feels more like a, a drag? You know, she, she might get energized by serving at church or at the women's thing, but when it comes to serving her husband at home, she's not so motivated. Yeah, even husband and family. I mean, that is a wife's role, is very much serving your family. You're preparing their meals, taking care of their clothing, shopping and doing things. It all is focused on your family. Yeah. Um so sometimes that does become mm-hmm. um, mundane, maybe, and not seem so... Th- thankless, mm-hmm. right? Often sometimes, yeah. The kids aren't saying, thank you, Mom, for everything. Yeah, they don't do that until yeah, they're yeah. at least 20-something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that really does go a long way, right? Yeah. As far as just teaching our kids to be thankful mm-hmm. for all that Mom does right. around yeah. the house. Right. Yeah. The n- number two here says that the Christian wife's good works have eternal worth. What do you think about that as it applies to being the wife God wants you to be? Well, certainly, uh, if we're thinking about pleasing God and the eternal rewards that He has for those that are faithful and that are pleasing Him, that will keep help you keep your priorities in the right mm-hmm. place. Just having that eternal focus, mm-hmm. what I'm doing matters not only now, but for all eternity in one sense. And no, nobody in the world has that. Mm-hmm. We only have that as Christian women, mm-hmm. that 
what faith based right yeah. that what we are doing has eternal value mm-hmm. uh, that eternal perspective is i think huge as far as keeping us motivated to um, live for the lord and to obey him I love that. Just the mundane ways of serving, even with what we sometimes call domestic duties, have an eternal significance, don't they, when they're done with the right heart and in an act of worship and serving others. And even if you don't see the results, right, you're doing it to please the Lord, which has eternal benefit, even if you don't see you know, right. earthly, earthly changes and results. And I like this word eternal worth because it reminds me of worship. And so I th- talking to people even about the idea that all the ways that we serve, if we're serving as unto the Lord, it's a form of worship. Mm-hmm. And we're worshiping Him in, in the ways that we so, minister. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. Number three here says, the Christian wife does not have to be afraid. First Peter 3, verse 6, Thus Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. What's going on there? Well, with Sarah, um, she was... Had I think I go back to when Abraham's um, let her be in the was it Abimelech? Yeah, the the Pharaoh at the time. Yeah, the Pharaoh yeah. at the time mm-hmm. where he um, let her go into that harem or whatever it was mm-hmm. there, right. and um, obviously she trusted God even at that time, and mm-hmm. God protected her. So I think that women need to know that God is our protector, and as much as we would like to think that. Our husbands should be our protectors. They aren't always. Mm -hmm. So knowing that God is a protector, and then that feeds into some of the things later chapters where it talks about the protections that God has provided for women. Mm -hmm. So thinking of God as our protector, I think, is important. So so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's also that aspect of a, a, a wife who's walking in obedience Uh, submitting to her husband as unto the Lord, uh, doesn't have to worry or be afraid that she'll be taken advantage of or that she would be slighted or turned into the doormat. As we talked about earlier, if she's being that faithful, God-honoring wife, God's going to bless her in that. And I think that's a little bit about what that verse is saying, too. What do do you think about that, Carolyn? Yes, I think that's part of it as well, that God wants us to be willing to obey Him at any cost. And sometimes there is a cost, but we don't have to be afraid because if our goal is to please God, That's right. we can still accomplish that goal. We may not be able to accomplish the goal of changing a situation. or mm-hmm. um, So it comes back again to what's your goal. Yeah, and there are principles, to, as you mentioned later, that she addresses. Like if there's physical abuse going on, mm-hmm. God's given us the governing authorities. And so there's other protections that God has set up for her. Uh, but yeah, everyone is going to be taken advantage of uh, because we live with selfish people. We live with sinners. Uh, but it's keeping Christ out in front uh, of what she does with her husband. She's always looking to the Lord kind of helps her as well. So good. Yeah, that's good. Number four says, the focus of the Christian wife is to be on God rather than herself. In uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 is referenced here about fixing our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and perfecter of our faith. How might a wife sometimes be too focused on herself, and how can she get that focus back on God? That's a good question. I've used that verse many times. (laughs) It's going to be a choice. You know, they're going to have to make a choice at some point who they're going to serve. Are they going to Mm -hmm. serve self, or are they going to serve the Lord? And we can't make that choice for them. So just giving them scriptures like this to ponder and to um, study 
in, a, in homework and in, in the counseling session itself can be helpful in helping them to redirect the way that they're thinking and fixing their eyes on Jesus. So it's so easy to um, be taken up with the busyness of life. It's hard to get your arms around what does it mean to fix your eyes on Jesus all day long. Mm-hmm. So we talk about um, having scripture read to us. Even uh, there's apps that we can listen mm-hmm. to. There's script. There's music that we can listen to. There's many ways that we can keep having things throughout our day to draw our eyes back to being fixed on Jesus. Because um, there are so many things that take our attention throughout the day. And then number five, there, Stuart says uh, a Christian wife does not have to sin. Well, I know there are times uh, when you're you're dealing with people and you're dealing with uh, women where they I just had to, or he he makes me angry, hmm. right? Makes. He makes me uh, pretty much sin. And uh, the scripture in Romans six is the old self was crucified with him that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. So we don't have to sin. Um, how do you encourage wives who might even want to argue with you on that, even though it's a biblical teaching? Well, the idea is that um, the devil made me do it or my husband made me do it kind of thing. And that often is an excuse and the way that we want to look at things because we're looking for a way out. But God, because of Christ, has taken that propensity for sin and given us an opportunity to respond to him and he helps us to do that but we have to make we have to take the first step and being obedient to the lord so certainly you're going to have um, when somebody hurts you you're going to feel angry at first but you have a choice what are you going to do with that anger are you going to blow up at this person or say ugly things or how, or are you going to ponder how you can respond in a way that pleases the lord and solves the problem Well, we've been talking today about a wife's understanding of God and God's protective authority. And really what we've learned is that by knowing more about who God is and more about who God's called us to be and the the works or obedience that God's called us to be, that's really what protects us, isn't Mm -hmm. it? It's God's Word that gives us those guidelines of how to live so we can be protected from a false way of of perspective, a false way of looking at things, a false, you know... um, person whispering in your ear, do this or do that. We have to come back to God's Word so that we can walk in His truth and in His understanding. Yes, I th- it makes me think of the charts that Martha does throughout the book, where she mm-hmm. helps you to see how the way that you would normally think or maybe have been thinking and what how you change that thought mm-hmm. to be consistent with God's Word. And so as we bring God's Word to bear on various thoughts and things that are going on in a person's um, heart, that helps them then to see, okay, this is what it would look like if I were to follow Christ. And I think that's one of the beauties of her books. A Christian woman's understanding of God is foundational to her walk with the Lord as she serves her husband, her children, and other women. While women are clearly commanded in Scripture to submit to their husbands, as well as to male leadership in the church, and they are not permitted to teach or exercise authority over men in the church, according to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, women do have a high calling as helpers and even teachers of other women and children. We hope you were blessed by the Care of Souls podcast. 
Please pray for us at 180 Ministries and the Masters University as we seek to edify the church and exalt Christ through biblical counseling that is faithful to Scripture. Consider supporting 180 Ministries financially so we can continue to bring you sound wisdom from God's Word on these everyday topics. Visit 180ministries.org to give online and send an email to info180ministries.org with your feedback and any questions. We'd be grateful to hear how this podcast is helping you. And we look forward to having you join us on the next episode of the Care of Souls podcast as we discuss exemplary husbands and excellent wives.